It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, everybody, we welcome you to another episode of the Locked on Washington football team podcast. And boy, do we have two huge stories to get to in just mere moments. And as well, Morgan Moses, the senior member of the Washington offensive line. He caught up with the media last week. You will hear uh, a lot of that. Not all of it. That's how much Morgan spoke. But you'll hear a lot of it. That's all coming up right here in today's edition of the Locked on Washington football team podcast. All right, let's get to it right away. Jason Wright. Jason Wright is the new Washington football team president. That's right. So let's take this piece by piece. If you look at This organization and how much it's changed over the last couple of months, I mean, you would hardly even notice it, right? So Bruce Allen was fired, Ron Rivera hired, Eric Schaefer allowed to leave. Um, We all know what happened over a couple of weeks ago with Larry Michael and Alex Santos and Richard Mann II, um, people that were gutted from the building. Terry Bateman was brought in, Julie Donaldson was brought in. Eric Stokes was brought in um, to run the pro scouting department. Donnie Warren was back. Kyle Smith was promoted. So there has been an enormous amount of change. And that's before we even get to the roster, just in the front office and in the business operations. And there will be a lot more change. You know, from what I've heard, you know, things are going to remain extremely chaotic And we also know that we have this ownership battle. And we also know, oh, by the way, the name, the logo, the helmets, the everything has changed, with the exception of the colors. The colors are the only thing that stayed the same. The entire offseason, the colors survived, burgundy and gold. So Jason Wright was hired at the age of 38 to be the new president of the Washington football team. And you might say, who is Jason Wright? Well, 
Okay, so first of all, again, 38, former NFL player, seven years in the league. He becomes the first black president of an NFL team. Again, he is extremely young to be running this operation and this kind of franchise. But Sean McVay was 30 when he took over the Los Angeles Rams, and people thought the Rams were nuts, right? So, I mean, listen, age sometimes is just a number. There are really, really smart people that are younger than me and you, depending on how old you are, that are really, really smart and talented and creative. I don't know Jason Wright from Hole in the Wall. I know he's been working as a partner in a consultant firm, McKinsey & Company, which happens to be in this area. So he's been living in the Washington, D.C. area since I believe it's 2013. And he knows, he's got to know how messed up this organization has been, how dysfunctional it's been. So when he goes on Good Morning America and he talks with Michael Strahan about this opportunity uh, to be the first ever black NFL team president, you know, he cracks a joke, you know, keeps everybody loose. And if he, it's just one instance, but if he can relate to players, coaches, front office staff, Dan Snyder, Tanya Snyder, the NFL, other presidents, other CEOs of other NFL teams, you know, in a casual, cavalier manner, but yet be serious and be smart and, and, and know what he's doing, then I think Washington will be just fine. Look, he's never done this position before, so there's going to be some bumps in the road. He's going to have to learn this side of it. It's one thing to be a consultant. It's one thing to be a player. It's one thing to know an NFL building, an NFL structure. It's another thing to be the president, especially when Ron Rivera doesn't have any experience, never mind being a president and running an organization, But Ron didn't have any experience being a general manager. And Ron's trying to be a head coach, a general manager, and for the first seven months here, basically a president. Because, again, not only was Bruce Allen fired, but Eric Schaefer left in late January, I think it was, early February, whatever it was. Jason has to hit the ground running here. And he's got a huge job ahead of him with the name change, the logo change, the branding, the stadium. I mean, he's got to do it all. There is a huge jump up here, a huge jump up, and nobody should think that this is small potatoes, but the one thing I will say is, you know, as opposed to hiring like a banker or a a business executive from a Fortune 500 company, you know, that might be used to working 40, 45 hours a week and thinking that that's a lot, it's not. It never will be, and that's not the way the NFL is, and certainly not the way this organization is. This is 80 to 100 hours a week. You know, he's 38 years old. I don't know his family situation. I haven't been able to find that out exactly yet. I haven't been able to talk to him yet. I'm hoping to do so um, very shortly. Uh, I'm in the mix is all I can tell you. Um, But the bottom line is it would be great if he could just pour and invest every single thing he's got into this job because it needs it. And he's going to need it. He's got an MBA from the University of Chicago. 
He, again, has been working with a local company, so he knows this area, this climate. He knows uh, and, and has heard a lot of what has gone on in the building. The question becomes, the question becomes, is how does he lead and do all of the stuff that he's got to do to truly do this job the way he needs to do it, but also to do it within the politics and the dynamics. Uh, What we don't know is how involved Dan Snyder is going to be. I mean, Ron Rivera says he talks to Dan Snyder all the time. Is that going to be Jason Wright, or are they both going to talk to Dan Snyder? Because reportedly Jason Wright has no involvement in football operations. Now, again, I, I I would say that's probably not Look, I don't want him to be making decisions over Ron Rivera necessarily, uh, but I wouldn't mind if a pure football guy or a true football guy is involved here to some degree, consultant, you know, aware, and maybe he will be. But that doesn't mean he has to have full and final say or significant control like Bruce Allen did. So... But I do think he's got to be, he's got to establish a working relationship with Ron Rivera. What I don't know is, was this Ron Rivera's hire? I've heard, heard that he and Ron Rivera are going to have nothing to do with each other. It is going to be separate units. That this is a Dan Snyder decision, a Dan Snyder hire. That Dan Snyder was convinced into this by powers that be that he a needed a president and b the nfl had from what i understand jason wright high on their priority list the fritz pollard alliance a diversity group uh that of course works hand in hand with the nfl released a statement calling it a historic event And that, quote, we hope that it signifies a true change for the manner in which leadership is chosen in the NFL. Okay, end quote. The question becomes is did the NFL, because they're so upset at Dan Snyder for the decay of the franchise, did they basically push this on Dan and convince Dan? Kind of like they did with Brian LaFamina. How did that work out? Remember? La Famina was hired by Dan Snyder. Everybody thought Dan had seen the light of day and did the right thing and hired an NFL exec. And instead we found out, or I've reported, I've heard, I've mentioned it here and everywhere else, that the NFL kind of forced La Famina on Dan. Dan truly didn't, wasn't truly aboard and then fired him eight months later. So the bottom line is this, we don't know We don't know what the true motives of this hiring is. I hope Dan made this decision with full authority and consulting the NFL to make sure that he was doing the right thing, but that this wasn't a situation where Dan was kind of forced or leveraged into doing it. I hope this was a decision that Dan made for the right reasons. I don't necessarily have a ton of confidence that everything will work out the right way, but I think it is the right hire, if that makes sense. 
All right, the other big story is Alex Smith returned to practice. He was cleared off the physically unable to perform list on Sunday morning. Uh, He returned to practice on Sunday and Monday. We are scheduled media to see him Tuesday. I talked to a high-level source in the organization that said he'll be gradually worked into team drills. Um, You know, and again, there's lots of reasons for that. They need to see him escape the pocket, run around, move around, dodge live bullets without having live contact. Just a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous story. Just remember that just because Alex Smith is back and Ron Rivera said, well, you know, look, we'll get him into a quarterback competition. That doesn't truly mean that he'll be in a quarterback competition for week one. I'd be very, 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 very surprised if he is the week one quarterback. Very surprised. Just don't think there's enough time and certainly there's no games. There's just not enough time. And again, practice is not the game. So just remember that. Remember that. The next thing that I would say is if something happens to Dwayne Haskins, either performance-wise or health-wise, that's when it really becomes interesting because Kyle Allen is here and Kyle Allen is more than capable of starting, but he's not a long-term answer probably as a starter. So the question becomes is, is Alex Smith number three clearly or is there a battle for the number two spot? Is Alex Smith, if something happens to Haskins, week two, week three, week four, week six, whatever, a replacement or is Kyle Allen? We don't know. We don't know. And how much could go in all this feel-good stuff, right, of everything historic that this organization is doing, how much of that will they be able to resist? We don't know that as well. Lots going on inside the building for the Washington football team, and we're trying to do our best to cover it all. Morgan Moses next, right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I'm Chris Russell. This Locked On podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, let's get out quickly to Morgan Moses, who was asked about his relationship with new offensive line coach, John Matsko. Uh, how has it been working with Masco so far, and, and how much does your role personally change at all in this scheme? It's been great. You know, um, he's been in the league for a long time, and, you know, he's been – you know, every offensive line coach talks, so he, he's been friends with our, our past offensive line coach, Bill Callahan. So a lot of the things that, you know, we've done in the past uh, carry over. So it's been great just working with him and getting in the building and just understanding this new offense. What did you do during the quarantine to stay in shape? Um, Brandon Scherf mentioned the really nice weight room you have at your house. Um, But to to remain as durable as you have over the last five seasons or so, what did you do to prepare for this season? Um, Well, literally, like Brandon said, you know, I had just built the house um, and moved in in December. So I was able to maximize 
the weight room that I built. And um, I worked out, I've been working out with uh, Eugene Monroe, who's a retired veteran officer tackle that played at UVA. So we've had some ties together and just been able to just, you know, just grind through it. So like uh, for me, really quarantine really hadn't hit really on the workout side because I was already prepared with all the stuff that I had put into the house. So Morgan, John Kime, ESPN. Good to see you. Thanks for doing this. Yep. You brought up the quarantine and you said you, there wasn't, was there, were there moments for you where it's like that it would, that you, you look back and say, this was the crazy part of the quarantine for me or something that you went through because of quarantine that, that just stood out to you? Do you have any, any, anything like that? Um, you know, I had some, I had, I had some family, some family things happen that, uh, uh, you know, my father passed away in, uh, in April. So that was a, was a big hit to me. Um, it kind of sat me down for a little bit, but then, um, obviously I, you know, you know, thought about some of the things that he would want me to do. And I just put my head down and just, and just grinded it out. So, um, um, I went into it, man, got as healthy as possible. I'm hundred percent right now. And I, I just feel good. I feel good going into year seven. So I, I apologize. And I'm sorry to hear that about your dad. Was that related to the virus or was that something separate? No, just a long battle of diabetes. Um, I wanted to follow up on one other thing on the medical staff with, you know, Trent Williams situation last year, you would offer your support of Trent and certainly, you know, yeah. seem to support a desire for change there. Have you seen that change that you would hope for? And what is it? What has it been like so far? Um, just talking to, uh, you know, Ryan, our head athletic trainer, and just, uh, you know, talking to Chad, our strength coach, and some of the things that they were changing throughout the offseason while, while us players were gone, um, it was already kind of a jump ahead, you know, um, you know, just getting your body ready for the season and just communicating with Ryan and just talking to him about some of the things that they're bringing to the table and um, some of the mandatory things that they're going to do. Um, where everything goes through him like he's the head boss man so like there's nobody else that that can answer your questions but him and so he's very hands-on about the situation and and that's what we need so um you know obviously you know what happened with Trent happened and um you know I'm, I'm glad to see him back in the football and doing the things that he loves to do um but the things the, the things that are changing here in the culture and just overall the people that we brought into this building um I think it's, it's going to be a, a good one. And I'm just curious, obviously you guys are friends and you're very close to each other. When you found out that he was traded to San Francisco, just what was your immediate reaction? We haven't had a chance to talk to anybody about it, but what was your reaction being friends with him, seeing him move over there? I mean, obviously you go from um, now it's, it's surprising because like now I'm like the oldest person on the line right now. So it's <laughs> it's kind of like night and day, but um, you know, it's football, you know, this job. Um, this job is very, it's very difficult. Um, you know, you see people walk out that front door every day and obviously you don't want to lose players like him, but you know, it goes on like, you know, for him, I know he's excited about being with the 49ers and, and ready to play some, get back to playing football, something that he loves to do. And, um, and for us, it's just, you know, figuring out who's the next guy up and, um, getting that, getting that person in and, and feeling comfortable. So when we hit day one against the Eagles, you know, they're ready to go. So, um, you know, it's a business approach. Our relationship will never change outside of football, and um, you just keep on moving on. I imagine you can't wait to see him when you guys play the 49ers then. I imagine that'll be kind of fun for you. Of course, of course. It's, it's, <laughs> you know, it has to be a reunion. But, of course. And the last thing I wanted to ask you is just, what were some of the things that coming out of last season you felt like you needed to work on? You said that you put your head down and grinded this off season. What are the things that you felt like you needed to work on? And then in the conversations with John Masco, what are some of the things that he impressed upon you that he thinks you need to work on? Oh, well, I'll start with the John Masco question first. It's just, you know, the one thing that he said is like, hey, man, you got, some of you guys have been here with Callahan, have been coached well. So there's some things that, you know, I'm not expecting you guys to change because you guys have been coached well by a great offensive line coach. And so 
as a veteran guy, you want to hear that because, you know, you don't want to be able to have to change everything, uh, especially when you're going into year seven. But um, and also that's just, you know, the respect that your coach has for you and the respect that you have for your coach as well. So um, that's always a good thing to hear. And then also just um, for me, man, just, you know, just reevaluating the season. Obviously, it didn't, you know, it didn't end how we wanted to. And, um, you know, I think uh, I think when we start started off in the offseason, I was about three, three thirty, three thirty five. And I'm three seventeen right now. So. Um, I'm in some pretty good shape. Thank you, Morgan, and congrats as well. And I'm sorry about your father as well, too. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Hey, Morgan, uh, Moises Linares, NBC Washington. Uh, you were talking about being a vet and the oldest, the oldest guy on the line. What is that like? Uh, and have you been mentoring some of these rookies and some of these second-year players? Uh, definitely. You know, the first thing, you know, once we got guys, we got the guys drafted and stuff, you know, I was able to, you know, get reach out and, and text some of the guys and say, hey, man, like, look, I'm here. If you guys want to get in and come, you know, come to the come to the house, to the gym and work out and stuff like that. You know, we can get it in and stuff like that. But just, uh, you know, obviously this is our first week for the, the veteran guys being in here. So we're playing a little bit of catch up. You know, the rookies have been here for a week already. Uh, but, you know, just getting those guys around the older guys like Brandon and I, you know, Chase, who's been here um, and just and, and just teaching them how how to work. You know, you come from college and, you know, it's all you know, you got you got college ball serious and you got play you got play time. So now it's like it's business. So like being able to leave from work and study and then going home and study on your own um, is a big learning curve. You know, a lot a lot of times you spend so much time in college in those offensive meetings room. We're here, especially with the, you know, the virus outbreak and things that are going on. We're not allowed that much time in the building. So um, just allowing those guys to understand that you need to study outside of the building. So when we come here the next day that we don't have mental errors on the offense and, and defensive side as well. Wanted to ask you, though, you have been here a long time and you've seen some pretty good offenses. Um, mm -hmm. especially, you know, with, with Kirk when, when that when Jay had things cooking there. And yep. last year the offense was pretty sluggish. What do you think of this group this fall? There, there's question marks and then there's some proven stuff. There, it's a lot up in the air. I mean, obviously not having OTAs and not being able to be in the building is going to uh, affect a lot of things. But I think just being here for the first week and just seeing how the guys have gravitated – uh, to the offense and, and picking up things and people asking questions. And um, instead of just breaking the huddle and just say, I don't know what's going on, you know, being able to ask that question, like, coach, can you break that down for me real quick before we run this play? And just ex spending extra time, you know, um, with the guys, you know, Dwayne getting all the receivers together and, and being able to throw throughout the offseason and stuff like that. It's been, it's been a big change. Just seeing his change, um, knowing that he's going to be, you know, the number one QB, um, seeing his change and his development over the years, probably it's probably been the most impressive thing I've seen from a rookie guy that um, you know pretty much everybody kind of you know ridden off. So just being able to see his development over the off season has been great for a veteran guy to see the, the work that he's putting in. So I'm excited to see um, what this next chapter will bring for us as a team and just uh, take it on. All right, once again, that is Washington offensive lineman senior member of the offensive line, Morgan Moses, third-round pick in 2014. Coming up next, you'll hear him dance around. I guess that's probably a good way to say it. A question about whether Dwayne Haskins has earned the starting quarterback spot. That's next right here on LOWFT. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home, 
but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, we finish it up with Morgan Moses. Not all of Morgan Moses, but we're not going to be able to play you all of it. Morgan Moses talking with the media and being asked about Dwayne Haskins. You feel like Dwayne has put the work in to, to cement that QB1 role? I, I definitely think, you know, he put the work in. But obviously, you know, um, all the workouts and stuff is just workouts. You know, when when you get that defense in front, in front of you and, you know, you get bullets flying and stuff like that, you really got to – that's where you want to make your decision. And so – um, you know, you've seen that he changed his body. You know, he's changed it the way he's eating, his way, the way he approaches things, he's changed. But obviously, you know, until we get into team periods and face the defense, you really can't tell if he's going to be that guy or not. And so he still has a lot to prove, like, like all of us. You know, I'm a veteran guy, and I have a lot to prove for our new coaching staff as well. So it just takes everybody to be on the same page and um, to get out here and just and put, put it together. And this is my last one. Sorry. Um, as the guy that grew up in Virginia, the Redskins had been a part of your life probably for 30 years or, or 25 years. How weird is it to just be wearing Washington gear now? Um, you know, it's a little different, but change is, uh, change is always good. So, um, you know, uh, you know, for us, we, we're excited to play this season. We're excited to, you know, if we, if we do get fans, you know, we're excited to have them, you know, you know obviously, you know, it's still up in the air with all the virus stuff, but, um, just excited to play, man. Excited, excited to play football, man. To, to, to suit up one more time and um, go out there and give it your all. So I want to go back to the uh, the weight room for a minute, if you don't mind. I, are we talking like MTV cribs here? Like how how lavish is this? Um, pretty much, I have about twenty yards of turf in the house. Um, I have a sauna, steam room, hot tub, cold tub, pretty much everything. <laughs> You could run the whole bubble out of your house then if we need to. Oh, no, come on. Everybody, come on. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to go back to uh, you, know, you being the, the older guy on the offensive line. What, what does that mean for you? How do you embrace that responsibility of you know, un understanding that you're the guy they look up to and, and look to for advice? Well, first of all, it's a blessing to be able to play this long in the NFL, you know, going into year seven um, and just just be here, you know. Um, but it's uh, it's it, it feels good, man. Obviously, it's a new role. You know, obviously, you know, for years we've been looking up, you know, to Trent, who's been our leader on the offensive line, and um, you know, you still have Brandon there, who's a, I mean, an awesome, awesome football player. So, um, just being a us, you know, and the good thing about it is that me and Brandon pretty much became rookies together. You know, his first his rookie year was his first year starting. My second year was my first year starting. So we kind of grew up together on this offensive line. So. Um, we have a chance to make this offensive line what we want to make it. And um, I think we have a lot of talented guys. Um, I think we have a lot of, you know, a lot of things that we need to get done before we can say, hey, who's the starting lineup and things like that. But I think the guys that we have have the capability to, capability 
to showing up on week one and, and getting it done. Aside from Dwayne being the quarterback, a really important position, what do you see in him that makes you want to mentor him so much? Because he's always mentioning you as someone who's texting him or calling him, and he just, your name just always seemed to come up when Dwayne's kind of talking about guys who look out for him in the league. So why do you do that for him? Because, um, you know, I know, how, I know how it is to be a rookie, and I know how, you know, I didn't play much my rookie year, and then, you know, you get thrown in a fire, and then um, – so I, I've been through that stage and I know how um, stressful it can be and I know how hard it can be. So, um, you know, you always need somebody like that. Like for, for me, my rookie year, you know, I had Trent and I also had Jason Hatcher who was here, who we had just signed from the Cowboys and his locker was right beside me. He, a lot of the things of like taking care of your body and just being a, available and uh, being accountable for your team to be able to count, uh, be accountable for your team to have you out there on Sundays there's a lot of the things I've learned from those guys. And so um, it's my job to make sure the next the next guy up is ready to play. And, um, you know, I told Haskins, you know, last year, I said, look, man, you don't know how this thing is going to fold. The year before, we played four quarterbacks. So, <laughs> you know, you might get in there. You know, they might say, hey, this is a redshirt year for you, but you might be in there week eight or week, week nine. And then, you know, you go in there, and then it's all said and done. So um just preparing them for that and uh I think he's done a great job of just taking in the information and processing and um I think he's he's what you saw in the off season, you know especially during you know all the virus stuff to be able to bring these guys in and and throw with them and bring his coaches in and and have uh his body look the way it looks man I think he did a great job of just turning himself around this off season. I was curious a little bit, you know, I don't know if your locker is still next to Dwayne in this iteration of the, lo of the locker room, but, you know, what have you seen? You've talked about kind of stuff with his body, but what have you seen kind of in his ability to kind of, kind of take that job and take that team and make this locker room his own? Is he, has he kind of grown in that as well? I think uh, just his, his body presence, is, you know, you, you talk about a QB, you want his body presence to be, um, you know, you want him to stand tall, his shoulders tall. You want him to, to feel confident. And I feel that from Dwayne, you know, um, when we break the huddle, like even when it comes to play calling, like he's not getting a call and mumbling it. Like you can hear every word he says in the huddle and we break the huddle, we get up to the ball and then we're just in the week one. So um, I feel like those are the things that, you know, he might've struggled with the year before that he has cleaned up and just being confident, like, you know, I, we understood, you know, it's a rookie coming into a huddle with grown men. Like, you know, you, you don't really understand it. But, you know, I told him, I said, look, man, when you get in that huddle, you know, if you go in there whispering to us, you know, we're not really going – it's a respect thing. So if you get in there and say, hey, man, this is the play on two, you know, you say it with confidence, like those guys are going to pay and they're going to be locked in. And I think he's, he's developed that, that mental aspect of his game. You know, I was wondering too, as a local guy, you know, living, you know, commuting back and forth, and not not having to live in the in the hotel during training camp. I mean, how hard is it to maintain that sort of soft bubble and not not violate it by going out a lot? Is that is that a pressure on you guys? I mean, do you all have to police yourselves? How does that work? Um, you definitely got to police yourself. I mean, obviously, you know, you got a lot of younger guys, and and obviously. Those are the guys that you're going to worry about the most. And um, but you got a lot of veteran guys, you know, bringing Thomas Davis in here. And then, you know, you got some some veteran guys on the offensive line like me and Brandon and Jonathan Allen and Matt Ioannidis. Those guys are guys that, are, that play by the rules. And so when you have veteran guys that in Landon as well. So when you got veteran guys that's been around the league and they know how important this is, you know, like coach told us, you know, the team that take care takes care of itself the best is going to be the team that has the chance to win. Hey, Morgan, Sam, uh, 48 with the Washington Post. I wanted to ask a kind of a specific question about the offensive line. One of your 
coaches was saying that this offensive scheme might be a little different in the fact that the protections are, are not numbers, they're words. I guess what has that kind of adjustment been like for you and, and you know, how easy is that to pick up or, or difficult? Um, well, for me, I've played, I've played through a number of offense coordinators here. Um, so I've played through many schemes and things like that. So it's, uh, it's not been that, it's not been that hard. And John Masco, our O-line coach has been a great, you know, great coach uh, to us so far and just explaining what we need to need to get done. And then our assistant O-line coach, Coach Travell, um, he kind of tells us about, you know, the year where they had the lockout when he played and it was similar to this. Cause I think he, he told us, uh, when they had the lockout, that was the time that they got their whole new culture staff to the Panthers. So it was right. kind of similar to how everything is happening now. So um, the thing is, is that we're all on one accord. So, you know, it's nobody learning more than this person. Like we're learning at the same pace and it's just about executing. And even, even if you don't get the whole playbook in, it's just going into week one, knowing what you are, you're doing well, you're doing great and executing those plays on Sunday. All right, and that's going to do it for us right here on Locked on Washington Football. Up, Chris Russell, thanks for being with us. Again, more coverage throughout the week. We will have it all for you. Hopefully, at one of these points, we'll be allowed out. I think it'll be Tuesday uh, based on the weather forecast, but you never know around here. And hopefully, we will have uh, all sorts of great coverage and in for interviews uh, and all of that. And congratulations uh, once again to Jason Wright for becoming the new president. And, of course, congratulations to Alex Smith for getting lifted off of pup two huge stories we're covering it all for you adios hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music download the amazon music app today is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.